Take your Bibles if you would. I want to preach a philosophical message to you today to go along with our theological. Is that okay? I want you to turn your Bibles to Psalms chapter 39 and verse 4. I want to preach a message entitled, Understanding Life and Eternity. Touch someone next to you and say, he's going to get a little deep today. Go ahead, get a, get a little deep. <laughs> I want us to get a, really we're going to begin to get a, a little bit of thinking. Are, are you still okay? Are you still able to think this morning? It was like three of you. There's a couple of you. Are you ready to think this morning? Psalms chapter 39 and verse 4, David said, Lord, make me to know my end, and what is the measure of my days, that I may know how frail I am. The Amplified says, Lord, let me know my life's end, and to appreciate the extent of my days, let me know how frail I am, and how transient is my stay here. Father, thank you for your word. May we decrease and may you increase in Jesus' name. Everyone said one more, amen. Listen, I found that perspective is a powerful thing. You know, when we're young, we think we're invincible and we live like we're going to live forever. As we get older, uh, we know that we are not invincible. Anyone who has discovered that? <laughs> yeah. We also realize quickly how short life actually is. David, as he was crying out to God, was crying out for perspective. Lord, help me to know and appreciate how much time I have left. Perspective. As Christians, we know that we're promised eternal life. But like everyone else, we are not promised or guaranteed tomorrow in this world. That's a sobering thought. That's perspective. It's not a negative thought. Really, it's not. It's just reality. I found more and more as I contemplate what is coming in eternity, I don't find it to be frightening or negative. I just find it to be matter of fact. And that perspective really challenges the way that we view things and the way that we live. As Christians, we understand the glory of our promised eternity. How many of you are looking forward to that? Man, it's going to be good. But we also understand the reality of this life. Most people alive today are living as if they're guaranteed tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and the day after that. Now, I think that it's right. I think that it's good to plan and to pray and to work and to look forward to things. But this morning I felt directly empowered by God to remind us of some truths things that will make us think and reflect about life. I don't know about you, there are times even when I rest, times when I'm with the Lord, just even on vacation, where every once in a while the Lord will put a profound thought in my head. You ever been there? And all of a sudden you're in the middle of all that relaxing and then you're going, profound thought. And then you're going, God, I was relaxing until you gave me that profound thought. But what I found is those moments are special. 
They're designed by the Lord. The first thing that I want to remind us this morning is that life is short and eternity is long, and we should live like it. Even if we were to live 120 years on this earth, that is just a drop in the bucket compared to eternity. I don't know if you understand this, but remember, you're going to live forever. Is there anyone here who is a child of God, who's been washed in the blood of the Lamb, who has eternal life? If you are, would just say amen. Understand, life here is short, but eternity is long. That gives you perspective. James 4, 13 through 17 says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. The purpose of that verse isn't to remind you that one day you won't have another day. The purpose of that verse is to remind us that every day we're to live in the will of God. If the Lord wills, I will do this and I will do that. But regardless of what happens, I want to know that I'm right in the middle of the will of God. And those who have an understanding of life and eternity know that we are here for only a little while. The Bible says that life is like a vapor. It's a mist. I'm amazed right now that I'm already in my 50s. Anyone older than me got to where you are and uh, it came very quickly? It's amazing we look back. There's times in my head I still think I'm 20, but every time I get out of the bed, I find out that my body tells me I'm not anymore. If you've been there, amen? Today, people want to be famous. They want to leave a legacy. They're told to strive for greatness. What I found is that all of that's just simply arrogance. It's about self. It's about making a name for us. People that were famous 20 years ago aren't even known by people today. And the truth is, some of the people that are famous today, I'm not even paying attention, and I don't even know who they are. If you find yourself in that boat, say a good amen. We're to live our lives for the will of God. Proverbs 27, 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. The same God who tells us not to worry about tomorrow also tells us not to boast or brag about tomorrow. I love the balance in the Word of God, the wisdom that He gives to us. Proverbs 16.9 in the Amplified says, "A A man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. I love that promise. I love that there's things that I've planned to do with my life, things that I set out to do, and all of a sudden, they weren't going the way I thought they would. And I thought that what was happening was my life was going to be a little unstable, but I found out as I followed God that every step I took was actually being established. I felt off, but God's keeping power 
never stopped. How many of you are thankful for the direction of God over your life? I have found that even when I try to mess things up, God has a way of directing my steps so that I don't make such a mess of it. How many of you are thankful that God kept you out of a few messes? My goodness. Each day we are to live for the will of God. We're to cooperate with Him as He directs our steps and establishes our days. We all have a desire for what we want, what we're hoping for. But God is directing us and leads us into His very best. What I found is that when I obey the Word of God and, does, and do what He says, I will have what He said I would have. You see, the highest priority of our short life, the Bible says, is to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added unto us. And that everything else that we do will begin to fall into place. When David cried out that he would understand the length of his days and how fragile he was, he was asking God for perspective because that perspective helped him to focus on his priorities. How many of you knew, if you knew exactly how many days you had left, you might change your priorities? If you too knew that tomorrow was your last day, would you change what you were doing today? If you knew that you only had a week left, you would begin to make different decisions. David said, Lord, I want you to help me to understand exactly how long and what you're doing in my life. Psalms 90.12 says, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The New Living Translation says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. You see, the right perspective with the right priorities shows that we are living in wisdom. When you understand that life is short, it gives you a perspective that doesn't play with your mind, but begins to allow you to think clearer with it about what God wants to do in your life. You see, God desires that we live our life with purpose, recognizing that the clock is ticking and that we only have a certain amount of time to make our life count. Listen, whenever you go on vacation... You live with an awareness that you only have a certain amount of time to enjoy that vacation and to make the most of it and to rest. You, and when you begin to realize that, you cherish those days differently. How many of you cherish your vacation time? Isn't it why when you took those grandkids home, it was good to see you get emotional. Greg, something God's doing something in you, my brother. It's good to watch. Loving those grandkids. How many of you have found you get a little more mush when you're a grandparent? It's interesting, something came up in my memories on Facebook yesterday. We were a year ago today actually coming back from Tennessee. We were on our vacation. It had been the first time all of our family had actually been back and in about 10 years together. We got back into the mountains and the pictures came up. And It's amazing that week seemed long. We cherished every moment of it, but it went by quick. And here we are a year later. 
I was looking at pictures. We had stopped for lunch. This has become one of my wife's, one of my wife's favorite moments that we've had together. We had pulled off in Caves Cove into one of the areas, and she really wanted to have lunch together as a family. And man, God gave us the perfect parking place where all of us could park together. We were able to spread the blanket out on the ground. I hadn't spread a blanket on the ground forever. Man, we broke out all the food, and we just sat there in the woods enjoying each other's company. It's become a very precious thing. How many of you know, when you begin to understand the time that you have, you begin to make the most of it? We only get one life here. We need to live like we understand that. At the moment that our life ends, we will begin to reap the consequences of our life here on earth for the good and for the bad. Hebrews 9.27 says, And it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. I don't know that you really get that. When I read that verse, it always really begins to be something that, that uh, kind of sticks out to me, that there is, we all have an appointment. All of us have a time. There's an appointment. When I was going through uh, that one heart attack that I had and I was on the table having the heart calf, the Lord reminded me. I said, God, is this my appointed time? He said, no. I said, thank you. But he did tell me, you know, you will have one one day. If I don't come in the rapture, and he said, I'm not telling you because no man knows the day or hour. You just need to be ready. Those who live with eternity in mind understand that our life here matters for eternity, not just for what we do here. Romans 14.10 says, But you, why do you criticize your brother? Or you again, why do you look down on your believing brother or regard him with contempt? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, who alone is judge. Remember that all of us will be judged. The believer will stand saved and righteous before the judgment seat of Christ and the unbeliever will stand before the judgment seat of God. I look forward to standing with you before the judgment seat of Christ. I look forward to seeing what God is going to praise each and every one of us for. I'm going to look forward to seeing the look on your face as you find out that God has not remembered one sin or held it against you because you've been forgiven. Come on, how many of you are thankful for forgiveness this morning? Isn't he faithful? This reminds us to be less concerned about measuring ourselves by what others are doing and just to concentrate on how we are living. We're not the judge, and we are responsible to God alone. By comparing our life to a vapor, it reminds us that a vapor has no substance to it. It's there, and then it's gone. But what God is calling you and I to is a life with substance that will last before the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15 says, Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is, 
If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. And if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet is so through fire. I think of that often. I want my life to be a life of significance, to make a difference. I want to know that for the kingdom of God, people's lives were made better and they were able to know him as Savior. Early in life, I wanted to be great and I wanted to be remembered. But I'll be honest, right now I don't want anyone to remember how great I am or the things that I've done. I just desire to live a life that mattered and made a difference for the glory of God. I want you to mark this down. You will exist forever, either as a friend of God or as an enemy of God. Now many people live like they have all the time in the world to get their life right with God. The goal, really, is to spend as much of this life as we can in right relationship with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 6.2 For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The New Living Translation says, indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Many people never come to salvation because they keep putting it off. I've actually had people say to me, I'm just not ready yet. There are things that I want to do before I give my life to Jesus. What they mean when they say that is, I want to live the way I want for as long as I want, and then I'll come to the Lord. That's like saying as a man or woman to someone who loves you, listen, I want to go out and enjoy other people for as long as I can, and when I'm done and when I'm worn out, then I'll come back to you. Can you imagine? Really, I want to see if there's someone better out there. I'd like to date around just a little bit. And if I, after I've dated around, you know, I know you're pretty cool, you're reliable, you're steady, you're everything I need. So if nothing else works out, I'll be back. Listen, if anyone says that to you and you let them back in, you're a fool. Look them right in the eyes and say, sorry, Jack, you're not for me. When people say that to me, not just as a pastor, but as a fellow Christian, I look at them and I say, listen, you're talking about my family. And then I'll relate that kind of thing to them and remind them that's exactly what it sounds like. If only we understood that we're not missing out on anything. When you come to Christ, you understand what real, true love actually is. You, wonder, you understand what it is to know to be full and what it is to have the favor of God. Listen, I want to remind you that when we come to Jesus, we receive his favor. We're not doing him a favor. For far too long, the body of Christ, we don't live with eternity in mind. We try to sell people to Jesus like, listen, if you'll just come to him, you're doing them a favor. 
I don't talk like that. That's not my Jesus. Thank God that he's already given us his favor. And when you realize who God is and who we are, it's a remarkable thing that he even takes notice of us. But he does. In Psalms 144, 3 and 4, David said, Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him? Or the son of man that you are mindful of him? Man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. You're God. You've been around forever. You are higher and greater and more powerful. And yet you look at us. What, what, why? If we understood that God longs to take our temporary and turn it into a gloriously blessed eternity, we would rush to receive his salvation. The Bible says, behold, today is the day. Listen, if you don't know Christ as your Savior this morning, what are you waiting for? Today's the day. I encourage you today, if, you've, if you're away from God this morning, if you have been just kind of living your own life, I mean, maybe you know God, but you really don't know God. You have believed in God, but you're not living for God. I want to encourage you today, today is the day. Don't leave this place. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed another day on this earth. But you can be guaranteed eternity and forever. If you're taking notes, put this down. When you live with an understanding of eternity, we realize how precious this life is. Our life is a gift, not a curse. And it's something we should never take for granted. I want to remind you that every minute counts. I love the quote that says, live for eternity, but make the moments count. And the more, the older that I get, the longer I live, the more I understand that. Thursday, Brittany gave us a call. My daughter's a teacher, so she's off for the summer. On Wednesday night, she looked at Donna and I and she said, hey, you want to take Emily and go to the beach? You know, in years past, I would have said, that's a Thursday, I need to be in the office. The truth was, I had a lot of work that I could do in the afternoon. I had appointments that I'd be at. And I realized that I need to make the moments count. I could tell you how many moments I've missed with my kids because I was always busy. I was about the Lord's work and I forgot to enjoy time with them. And so Thursday, Wednesday night, I said, we're going we're gonna to go. Thursday, we packed up the car. We headed over to the beach. And I've got to tell you, God was good. He kept the rain away all morning. I got to watch as my granddaughter dug in the sand ran into the ocean and got knocked over and got back up and ran away just giggling. Listen, how many of you know you can enjoy the moments and make them count? I still made it back to the office and had plenty of work to do. Didn't get home till almost 8 o'clock, but I got to tell you, God is faithful. God means for our minutes and for our life on earth to count for something significant, not greatness, significance. There is a difference and a distinction. And I feel I need to bring that up for a minute. We hear so much about being great. Be great. You know, greatness looks different depending on the definition that you have. 
God said greatness in the kingdom of God is being the servant of all. You may never be well known. You may never be famous. You may never make a million dollars. But your life still has significance for the glory of God. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The NIV says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I like the Amplified. Therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity, and using it with wisdom and diligence, because the days are filled with evil. I want to remind you that every day is an opportunity. Now, we should not live in fear of missing out on things or in fear of disappointing God. The Bible just says to live each day carefully, to live it with purpose, seeing and recognizing and seizing the opportunities that God places before us. Some days, the opportunity is there to be a soul winner and a disciple maker, and you'll see that before you. Some days means sitting on the beach with your grandkids and watching them make castles. Some days, it means a full day of work, making a difference right where you are. I want to remind you that we live in evil days, and we have the opportunity each day to push back at the evil with our kindness, with our righteous acts, and with the goodness of God. I want to remind you that we we need to remember that we overcome evil with good. And what an opportunity. In 1 Corinthians 4, 2, it says, Moreover, it's required and stored that one be found faithful. The Amplified says, In this case, moreover, it's required as essential and demanded of stewards that one be found faithful and trustworthy. See, making the most of every opportunity is recognizing that we are simply stewards of this life that God has given us. I love being here with Courtney and Lath. The opportunity to raise a son. I think about that. You've got a blank slate right there in front of you. A mind full of mush that you get to pour into and just show him the ways of God and the things of God and to educate him in, in all kinds of ways and to make him wise. What a blessing. Understand that life in eternity is realizing that our life is not all about us, but about God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you? Turn to someone and tell them he's within you. Oh, would you look at me for a minute? Do you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you? Do you understand that when you begin to live with that reality every day, that the Holy Spirit is with you wherever you go, that becomes a powerful opportunity to minister the power of God, sometimes very gently, sometimes very subtly, sometimes very powerfully. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, 
whom you have received as a gift from God, and that you are not your own property. You were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then, honor and glorify God with your body. You see, God is looking for those who are faithful and trustworthy with the life that he's given us. What a marvelous thing salvation is. What, a mar- what is marvelous about salvation also is that we get a new lease on life. Yes. When we come to the Lord, we get to start again. Yes. What used to be a wasted life without Christ now gets to count for something that will matter for eternity. I've got to tell you one of the things that I love about being a Christian is that the lives that we've changed, I love that we're going to get to see each other yes. forever. Now, some of you are like, I don't know that I want to be with you forever. Listen, I want to tell you heaven's a big, big place. Glory to God. So if I get on your nerves, just go to the other side. It'll all be fine. Listen, it's good. But I love this, that that we'll get to see people whose lives are changed for the glory of God. Those that have been delivered and saved and set free. Those that were good people that never knew they needed salvation, that finally understood that without the righteousness of God, they were lost in sin. Aren't you glad that God is saving and transforming people for eternity? Paul often talked about how grateful he was. That when he stands before God that he knows that his life will have counted and will have mattered. I want you to hear me. There are a lot of people right now in church that are not living with eternity in mind. They're living with the world. And the enemy attacks you and says you're worthless. You're not making a difference. You're not great. That's a lie. Because you're his. Your life makes a difference. All of us feel those feelings. All of us have those things where the enemy will come in during those days and try to tell you, well, you're not great. You're not famous. You didn't do anything of significance. He's such a liar. Any parents in here who've raised their kids for Jesus, say a good amen. Amen. Eternal significance. Anyone who's just been kind to people who needed kindness, eternal significance. People who have stood in their integrity when others around you were not eternal significance. The difference that you've made is for eternity. In Philippians 2, 14 through 16, Paul said, Do everything without murmuring or questioning the providence of God, so that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and guileless, innocent and uncontaminated children of God, without blemish in the midst of a morally crooked and spiritually perverted generation, among whom you are seen as bright lights, beacons shining out clearly in the world of darkness, holding out and offering to everyone the word of life. Watch this. So that in the day of Christ, I will have reason to rejoice greatly because I did not run my race in vain nor labor without result. I love that. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 
I like how the NLT puts it. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Oh, touch someone next to you and tell them you're not useless. Go ahead. Let them know that right now. You're just not. You're making a difference for eternity and for the glory of God. And someone needs to hear this. If you want to leave your mark in this world, if you want to be sure that your life matters, if you want to do something that will matter for eternity, then do what you do for the Lord. Whatever it is. And it will make a difference. I want to end with this thought. Understanding the shortness of our life causes us to live with a sense of urgency. In a few months, we're going to look at some of the churches in Revelation. One of the things that will mark the last day's church, it does not mark Harvest Community, will be some apathy, a lack of urgency about the time we live in. I think that the churches that are being talked about then, that loss of urgency is not because they didn't want to. I just think they got wore down by what was going on. But when you think that you always have tomorrow, you'll live with that philosophy. Manana. Tomorrow. Someday. Yeah. When I get around to it. Any of you have any chores at your house that you've been saying you're going to get around to for several years? <laughs> Acts 13.36 in the NIV says, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. When he was done doing what God had called him to do, he called him home. Listen, God's given each of us a season and a time to make a difference for eternity. And I want to remind you that our time is now. Carpe diem. Seize the day. This day. No procrastination. No hesitation. Listen, some of you are going to go on vacation. Take it. Enjoy it. Seize the day. Man, if you want to nap all day, you're on vacation. Nap all day. Glory to God. Seize the day. Don't feel guilty. Just go to sleep. Come on. If you want to go climb Mount Everest, good luck to you. The air is thin. John in 9.4, Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. The New Living Translation says, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. Someone said that they view the time that they have left on this earth, and I love this, they called it their sacred moment. That hit me. I love that. Did you ever realize 
Not that just your life is sacred because you are God's creation and life is precious. But God has made you sacred because he's put you right here at this time to fulfill his plan for your life. That sacred moment is the short amount of time that we have to make the most impact for the kingdom of God. It's interesting, I listen to a lot of people going, I heard someone say to me, they said, listen, you're in your 50s, you're kind of in your prime. You've only got a certain few years to make a difference. Listen, I just want you to hear me right now. I'm going to make a difference and take advantage of what God has given to me until he calls me home like he did David. Until there's no more breath in my lungs and until the body gives out. Now that doesn't mean that I might be running as fast as I ran when I was 30. It may not mean that I'm running as fast in 70 and 80 as I am now at 50 but I still can keep going. Turn to someone next to you and say, keep going. Come on, just keep going. Listen, that doesn't mean that we don't take time for relaxation and entertainment. But not all our time is meant to be finding our joy solely in our purpose. Sometimes it's just at the beach enjoying your grandkids. Entertainment and relaxation are a part of life, but remember, they are not our primary purpose for living. And living with an understanding of life and eternity means living with a sense of adventure. Can I tell you now, I have found out that a life lived by faith will never be boring. It will be very rarely predictable. And it will be never adventureless. I have found that a life lived by faith with an understanding of eternity means that we always have something to look forward to. You see, the life lived by faith means that we always will have anticipations. We will always have expectation. We're not just hanging around waiting on heaven. Listen, I know heaven's going to be great. I know it's going to be better than it will ever, I could ever think. People say, what do you think heaven's going to be like? I said, I don't know. I've never been there. I got a few ideas. I believe that God hasn't showed us everything because it would blow your mind. Plus, he wants to give you something to look forward to. We're to be fully engaged living our life with expectancy today. I want to remind you that life isn't always good. But he is always working things out for our good. That means I always have expectation. If today wasn't that great, tomorrow's going to be okay. We get to be a part of people's stories. We get to see miracles. We get to see signs and wonders. Today we get to live generously, to live fully, and to encourage and build others up. Yes. We get to mend fences and build bridges. This week I get to go back to, to Copenhagen. I'm looking forward to it. I want you to pray with me. The Ukrainian pastor that is right there in Copenhagen now has need of education, and he wants to learn. We just wound up with an opportunity where we can now do all of that work of being credentialed and learning and growing and schooling online at such an affordable rate. And we're going to go talk to him about it. It's about $50 a month. I told Joel if he wants to do it, I'll pay for it. 
We'll make sure he gets all the education he wants. Listen, and it will count for eternity. I want to tell you, church, because of what you do, you're already making a difference around the world in the lives of people. My encouragement this morning is coming to remind you that God desires us to live on purpose with a purpose, with intentionality and with intensity, a reason to live. That today is what it means to live with understanding. Was my mic dead? Okay. With life and eternity. Would you stand with me this morning, please? Let me pray for him. I think I know what you're up to, but listen. I want to ask you, how many of you would want to pray that prayer? Lord, help me to understand my days, my length of days, and the purpose of my life. If that's what you desire this morning, would you just lift your hands to the Lord across this place? Father, I thank you this morning that you are faithful. I thank you today that you have allowed us to be alive at this time of history. I thank you, Lord, that you have placed us here and now, right here in Jupiter, Florida, right here in this place to make a significant difference. I pray, Lord, that you take away from us prideful desires to be great in the world's sense, but that you would fill us with the understanding that if we are to be great in God's kingdom, we'll be the servant of all. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for those that have been attacked by the enemy, told them that their life is insignificant. I ask you to silence the lies right now in the name of Jesus. There have been some that have been struggling with that. It's been an overwhelming thing in their life. But I thank you right now that they are a child of God. They have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. They are filled with the Holy Ghost. And the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is quickening their mortal body. I thank you, Lord, not just for healing, but quickening them to make a difference in the world around them. I pray that they'd see it. I pray, Lord, that we would never take this sacred moment that you've given us for granted. But Lord, that we would cherish each day that, God, you would be glorified through our lives. I pray that each one would not have to wonder about the difference that they're making. Receive this. Let them see it. Let them recognize it. And Lord, may they even recognize those special moments with family, the special moments when they're witnessing, the special moments when they get to see people delivered, the special moments when you come and just meet with them and fill them. Lord, I pray this summer that this church would have a fresh fresh revelation of what it means to live with an understanding of life and eternity. And we'll give you the glory for it. In Jesus' precious name. Everyone said amen.